Welcome to this week's Sports Girls podcast. I'm Denise O'Flaherty. Joining me this evening is our regular pundit, Donegal's Nadine Doherty. And we are delighted to have Mio selector Michal Reynolds on with us as we look ahead to the All-Ireland Ladies Football Finals. So, good evening, guys. Hey, Denise. Right, it's mad to think that we're now in the final straight, just days away from the All-Ireland Finals. Nadine, as a player, what are these days like in the lead up to the big day? Well, I have to be very honest, I wouldn't know. <laughs> Were you the junior? junior all Ireland. Were you the junior one, so? Played a junior, uh, got 2003, so like, Jesus, things have changed big time since then, I imagine. Um, but yeah, look, I suppose every big game, you know, the bells up. I just feel, people give advice and you hear this, that and the other, but I always think, you know, everybody, I suppose, prepares in their own way. Um, There's no right or wrong. I feel, you know, it's always really individual and personal. You might have some people who just continue with the way they usually plan for any game, but there is an extra bit of difference. You know, there's that excitement of the Crow Park and, you know, an All-Ireland final. Um, Coaches might tell people stay away from the press and don't read the papers, but... Like, that's very hard these days with social media. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure, you know, look, Dublin are used to it at this stage. They've, they've been there. Those girls have been there so many times. Um, Galway, perhaps, a lot of their players would have, you know, experienced All-Ireland Finals underage. But, you know, I think, and, you know, Michal might come in on this, I think just the main thing is to be 100% focused at the training sessions in those weeks leading up to, to your All-Ireland Final. You know, knowing the game plan, knowing your role, um, and most importantly, I suppose, asking questions if you have to, if you don't know the game plan or you don't know your role, because when you're in Crow Park in front of 50,000 people and you're not sure what you're supposed to be doing, you ain't going to get an answer from the sideline. So, you know, I, I, I just feel, yeah, training is the most important in the lead-up and obviously looking after yourself, but these girls look after themselves for 12 months of the year, so, you know, that's nothing different to them. Michal, as Nadine pointed out, you know, from a management point of view, how would you kind of prepare the players or what would training be like in just the lead-up to an All-Ireland final or a big day like this? Um, yeah, I suppose this and every management team is approaches differently. Um, I suppose I was involved with me in 2011. We won the intermediate. Uh, we'd be cabin after a replay. Yeah. Um, so, like, I think the general rule of thumb is that you try and get all the distractions out of the way in week one. Say if you have a three-week build-up, Try and get all the the after stuff organised. You try and get like if there's going to be a a function afterwards. If there's going to be a media day. If you're going to have a fans in day. You get all that stuff out of the way in week one. Then generally, generally looking at you, you would you be focusing on the opposition then in in week two. And like come this stage now, it'd be all about yourself. You'd be all focusing on yourself. Where you can get at the opposition. Where you see their weak points are. You'd have your matchups done from uh, from the previous week. You'd have the opposition strength uh, focused well in on from the previous week. You'd have your video analysis work done, and this week we'll all be just fine tuning your own game. Um, do you know, like um, Nadine's one hundred percent right. You have to know your your game plan inside out, Grand Crow Park. Um, you know, you get the itinerary out to the girls as early as possible in the week. Um, I remember seeing even there on the the Blue Sisters, the documentary Dublin did. Yeah. You know, they had a full walk through. Mm. They had a band and they walked behind it and everything like that. And some people do that, you know, the visualization um, aspect of it. 
but like you believe in what's going on turn and just trying to be as prepared as possible but this, again in your own space in your own head and in your own spare time it's an individual thing some people talk about the game the college don't work some people won't talk at all but whatever you're most comfortable with yeah because it can be daunting just running out onto the Hallett Turf because I know from people you know county finals or, or provincial finals are big things but obviously Croker is the ultimate Nadine Ah, yeah, like, sure, that's where everybody wants to be, uh, be a junior, intermediate or senior, you know, that is the aim at the start of the year. But, but you know, as Michal said, I suppose the management team play a huge yeah. role in, in relaxing people for that, that big day in Crow Park. But I mean, I don't care how many imaginary bands you walk behind or, you know, uh, everything that's in place, there's always going to be those nerves. And, um, look, all those girls, especially the senior girls, they're all experienced, especially the Dublin girls. And, you know, I can't see them being anyway nervous or showing that they're nervous anyway on the pitch on Sunday. And, you know, Galway have grown throughout this championship yeah. as well. And, you know, they showed against Mayo. You know, Crow Park didn't daunt them. They answered a lot of questions um, that people were asking around the country. They'll take massive, massive uh, confidence from that and even the way they won the match. So, uh, you know, I feel having those semi-finals in Crow Park would have done Galway the world of good, especially, you know, more so than Dublin. So so that'll definitely be an advantage to them. I know for management, Michal, and even players sometimes talking to me and that they kind of want to shy away or want to stay out of the limelight but isn't it amazing how things have changed over the last number of years that in the lead up to this game there's so much coverage and build up which the girls totally deserve absolutely like you have to credit the LGFA and I suppose probably their main um, their main sponsorship partners in TG Catter and Little. Yeah, you know doing an amazing job in getting like um players out there getting them the management teams out there for interviews like everywhere you look on social media you see it's been it's been retweeted it's been shared being on Facebook or whatever um, you've, you've a lot more journalists picking up the stories now there's a lot more female sports journalists as well which is a huge help um, and they're focusing on the 2020 campaign Do you know it, it is getting way more attention that's just fully deserved and uh, it's great to see it because I mean, everybody will know the ladies' finals on this week. And like in the past, maybe with the men's replay being on, that yeah. wouldn't be the case. That's exactly it. Nadine, going on to the games, for the f- past few months, we have tipped loud for success in the junior final. The take on from Manaside, though, who have won the Division 4 title this year and will prove tough opponents. Louds were caught last year by Limerick, and I suppose they'll be hoping to go on better this Sunday. Yeah, um, I suppose we've been tipping lows all year. Um, for Mana, for me, I didn't expect them to beat London. Mm. You know, considering London fell short to Lowe's by a point in the grip. You know, if you went by results throughout that championship, you know, London looked like the favourite. And, um, you know, even for Mana, like, they were down by a couple of goals in the in the first half yeah. two goals I think and then they scored something like 14 points without reply either side of the half which was incredible so I mean look that shows they have massive resilience they won't give up um, they have quality there in Emer Smith like I think she got about nine nine points maybe like so she's a free taker she's also massive in terms of open play um, Bogue as well she's their other main threat up front and then their captain Doonan which is actually significant she didn't start that match um, against London and when she came on I think she really turned the screw and she was a game changer so look if she's fit and those girls are firing on all cylinders I think to be a huge battle with Loud mm. you know um, and in fairness look, looking at Loud 
they have been the consistent team in that junior championship all year. Um, they won their semi-final comfortably by 16 points, and I mean that was a huge statement of intent against an Antrim team who look. Let's be honest, you know they've always challenged the yeah. senior. Um, they've ran for Mana close. They've beaten for Mana this year. So yeah, it'll be interesting. But look, loud. They last won it in 2015. They've always been there, thereabouts. They were runner up for a couple of years there as well before that, and I'm sure there's girls still there from you know I think 2012 was the the last time they were runners up um, and then they have real quality in Kate Flood up front um, I think she scored maybe 2-5 or 2-7 in the semi-final and she's led the way all the all year in the scoring charts so I mean if Fermanagh don't have somebody to shackle her I think they could be in big trouble um, midfield they have the two burns they like getting forward they're physical they make themselves known they'll be a big presence so you know if Doonan is able to neutralise one of them and her midfield partner chimes in Fermanagh will be able to chance um, defensively you know Louth I think they're average all year they've conceded about 210 which is a big enough score to be yeah. given up um, so look if Fermanagh's forward fire and and Louth get a bit rattled Fermanagh could push them but I think Louth to, to come through by, by a couple of points but I do think it'll be a brilliant match and it'll be a great advertisement for the junior championship um, because teams have been kind of going up and down there it's nice to see Louds and Fermanagh in the final, you know, so it's great for the game. Exactly. Louds last year, Hall. it's it's tough to come back, but it also shows what resilience they have, so what character they have as well, to bounce back and then make another All-Ireland final. Absolutely, absolutely. And, I mean, you look at their results all year, I'd say they'll be very disappointed they didn't get out of Division 4. Yeah. You know, they only lost, um, they lost in the semi-final and um, I was actually just surprised to hear Nadine's stat there about the 210 average that's what Fermanagh scored against them when they met I think Louth beat them 219 to 210 and that was very early in the year mm. but looking yeah. at that imagine Fermanagh have to score more than 210 this time around to beat them like and um, I suppose just I, I agree with a lot of what Nadine said there like Emer Smith has been a revelation this year for young girls um, I think she did score short 9 points semi-final 6 from play you know, um, they have a really well orchestrated attack that focuses around her, and you know the likes of Maguire, just girls uh, the half hour line coming in off her and stuff. And um, you know, Fermanagh are a good side, but you know it, it is hard to see past Loud. Yeah. You know, with um, with Kefro there spearhead the attack, and like I said, seven different scores that counts in the semi final. Um, Lauren Boyle is a really good young player. She uh, came on the semi final. She's been injured out. She scored one one, and uh, I was surprised at the the scoreline they put up against Antrim. To be honest, because Antrim are a steady barometer, like for junior football, mm. you know. And to score three fifteen and to hold them to one five, I mean, was very impressive. And if they can repeat that performance, to be honest, they're going to be very hard to beat. Yeah, you know, when you think through the the finals, you know, we can talk that you know Leinster. Well represented, um, the a county in, in all three finals. So it's it's great for the province. It is, yeah, it is. Um, like now, it, it, it'll be interesting. Like I know McBone was saying there maybe a month or so ago that he was looking to maybe for the LGFA to take the lead on scrapping the provincials. Um, you know, it'll be an interesting one. Like if Loud go up to intermediate, and you know there will be a lot of intermediate teams. Yeah. Anyway, it depends how meet it on, of course. But, like, it's, um, we could be left with a scenario where there's only one senior team and a, yeah. and a lot of intermediate teams in Leinster. 
Yeah, because um, you look at me then, because there, obviously, um, Nadine, there'll be two counties that you kind of think, well, maybe they might be able to make the move up to senior. But then, you know, it, it's tough as well because you're probably looking at Dublin. It's a bit like the men's game because you look at Leinster, great province, if you didn't have the dubs. We move on to the intermediate final, Nadine. As we predicted, Mead against Tipperary in that final. Tip have been the favourites on this podcast since the start of the year. Mead really hit form, though, in their semi-final. The loss last year's decider to Tyrone would face a Tipperary team, though, playing in the highest division, and that will stand to them. Yeah, look, I suppose starting with Mead, um, they really upped their game, you know, excuse the pun, in the last couple of matches. Um, like, they beat Wexford in that quarter final, and mm. Wexford had turned them over in the, the Leinster final. Yeah. Um, and then beat, you know, a fancy enough for the common team. The yeah. common re- were really, really building during those group stages. They're putting up massive scores, like 420 against Roscommon, I think 415 against Wexford, and one of the group games, they had 419 against Wicklow. So, like, huge, huge scores. Look, they're impressive results um, they hit, you know players who can be match winners you look Monica McGurk and goals I mean some of her saves have been shown unreal. on the media throughout yeah. the summer unreal she will have to be at her best though, you yeah. know on Sunday um, you have Orla Duff there at the back she's really solid Neva Sullivan she's their captain you know she's a classic captain leads by example she'll, she'll come out around the middle pick up ball then you have looked their forward Stacey Grimes Vicky Wall um, Emma Duggan Duggan. is a class act she didn't play the semi-final um, but I I don't know if she was injured or or what but look they'll definitely need her in the final Vicky Wall look Vicky can be a match winner but I think you know we talk about refs the refs usually on All-Ireland final day they pick up on everything and they'll zone into something I think Mays have to be very careful Vicky Wall in particular of over carrying the ball that's something that she does do yes she does a lot yeah. her goal was shown there it was a brilliant goal it was cracking against us coming yeah about, I'd say she took about 15 steps like so that's not going to happen this Sunday um, look I expect me to put in a really good performance um, but look you look at tip like they've been winning matches by I think an average of over 14 points um, conceding a bit here and there like that as well that's the only thing you know they, they probably will concede and the fact that Mead's strength probably is up front um, you expect them to rattle them but then look you look at their big players you know Maria Curley and Lambert at the back they're their, their pillars up the middle um, like Maria Curley gets up and down that pitch I think she scores a couple of points in nearly all the matches then you have your Ashley McCarthy's Cueva Condon you know these players are amazing in the middle third and look Ashley Maloney up front I'd say the girl has an all-star already. Yeah. I don't know who's going to pick her up for me. Um, who can pick her up, yeah. Who can pick her up. Um, I do expect it to be a really good game. I expect it to be really open. Um, I think both teams will use the space in Crow Park. Um, as I said, both forward lines are probably the strength of both teams. Um, and I think a high-scoring match. But I think, unfortunately for me, I'd, I'd be predicting you know them to lose a second one on the trot. And I'd just be shocked if Tip won it. But look, anything can happen. Um, and the best of luck to me. But yeah, you just I can't in OIC past Tipperary, you know. Michal, we talked about, you know, the louds for Manor game and what that's going to be like. But this game, Tip of Mead, is really going to whet the appetite on Sunday. You know, you talk about all the players and, you know, the players that Nadine mentioned, the amount of top quality players that are going to be on show there. Tipperary are playing in Division 1. You've 
seen them play as well. There should be a senior team and Mead will put it up to them, but Tipperary should win this one. Yeah, like really they should. If you're, I mean, if you're able to hold your own Division 1, you yeah. really should be a senior team. When, when you look at the, the senior teams in Division 2 and how they equated themselves in the Championship this year, and like Tipperary are playing at a level ahead of them. Yeah. Do you know, Mike Zarmah, Calvin Tyrone, all had really good summers. Um, do you know, so Tipperary are the hottest of hot favourites. Um, like we played them in the league earlier on in the year. Um, but like, you know, I've watched a good few of their games. Like, and like Ashley Maloney, like, I completely agree. Like, oh, if there was a transfer market, I mean, she'd be first, uh, anybody be looking for. She's the, she's the messy of the ladies' game, isn't she? <laughs> you know, and like, it's not just Ashley. I mean, uh, um, the young girl there, I've been really impressed with Anna Rose Kennedy. I think she was she's uh, first year in the panel last year. Yeah. she's a real driving force in midfield. You know, Ashley McCarthy is there as well. Creva Connell is really lively up front. You know, they they, they are racking up big scores. Um, but like, you know. Me, like um, we've had me the challenge area on the year, and like, they're a very good outfit. Like you know, I know they're coming from three, so like they're coming from kind of the other side of the intermediate. But they, um, you know, they, they played Tipperary in, in the group stages, and you know, they, they got a terrible start. It was five four to one, five and a half time or something. Yeah. Like you could see the goal to throw in the second one in less than a minute later. You know, I think it finished. Six ten to one fourteen or something. So, I mean, Mead will have learned a lot from that. You hope, you know, they'll have to have changed their tactics from that day. You'd imagine. I know Stacey Grimes and Neve Gallagher were away on J one for the summer. I believe they're back training. Yeah. Um, whether they start or whether they come on, you know, it depends how long they're back. It probably depends on the fitness of other players. Um, Emma Duggan for me she's the best I know she's 17 yet she was 16 16, 17 year old probably the best one in Ireland yeah. you know yeah. unbelievable I just I thought me like you know they beat Roscommon but Roscommon like, I thought just thought they were a little bit you know one dimensional at times they, they play a really good running game and they're really good at it but if they actually if they kick the ball in you know the, the movement inside was really good as well they Kelsey Nesbitt in there Bridgetta Lynch you know they were shown for everything and they can finish as well um, I, I do think it'll be a high scoring game I think both forward lines will get the better of both back lines um, you know it'll, it'll probably come down to who takes their chances um, and like again Nadine hit the nail on the head Monica McGurk I mean she's probably going to be nominated for an all-star as well yeah. um, you know her highlight reel <laughs> is, is something else you know and um, I'd say she could have her own YouTube channel at this stage. <laughs> Senior game, and it's the big one. Dublin going for three in a row, Nadine. Go by playing in the first All-Ireland final since 2005, when actually that was the year that Cork won their first All-Ireland, and as the rest is to say, it's history. Galway won the first All-Ireland back in 2004, and they actually defeated Dublin in the final. Can they repeat that result? Yeah, I remember that match, actually. Um, Galway had just gone up 
to senior. They won the junior in 2002. They actually beat Donegal in the junior in 2002 and then obviously there was no intermediate then and they went up and they competed very well in 03. I think they maybe got to a quarter final. They did, you know, they won Connacht and then in 04. It was kind of like this. Everybody was predicting a Dublin win because, you know, Dublin had been mm. pushing really hard for a couple of years and had an incredible squad and Dublin started off all guns blazing first 10 minutes but missed so much. I'd say they missed over 50% of their chances and Galway just soaked up the pressure and for 40 minutes of that match Galway were absolutely unbelievable and one of the best sporting moments I think you'll ever, ever see in Crow Park was when Annette Clark scored that goal and that was just the icing on the cake for them and and they won it and it's, it's mad to think actually they haven't been back there since yeah. but look Galway I suppose starting with them Look, they have a lovely, lovely style of play, and like Mihal can come in on this after because he knows them better, better than me. But like their running game is lovely. You know, they move the ball at pace from defence. When they kick the ball, it's so nice to watch. You know, they have players all over the field. I feel who are really talented in a sense that they have such ability to pick out their forwards inside. And what I thought they did really well against um, Mayo, because Mayo's defence was so well organised. A few times they were able to bypass those bodies bypass with the pass um, and they'll have to do that against Dublin's well organised defence as well um, look, they mix the running game with the long pass as we said we were criticising these there sometimes they run it too much goal we seem to have it just right um, I expect them to have done a lot of work on their defence in the last few weeks um, I think Michal would definitely know this that I think Mayo had I'd say you had 25 to 30 chances and had you taken them you, you know you would have been out of sight um, and the fantasy I just think Galway they're a bit porous at times like Neve Kelly's goal was incredible like goal of the season and you could watch it over and over again but at senior level you know nobody should be able to carry the ball from the halfway line and basically go untouched straight to the goal um, so I'd imagine you'd hope for Galway's sake that that's been their main focus in the last two weeks um, and I think up front look if they use the space in Crow Park trying to Dublin to the wings soak up that pressure like they did against Mayo in the first half and they got those two goals on the break um, they keep themselves in the game I think they'll have to weather a storm possibly in the first 15 minutes because um, Dublin will you know come out as they do with all that pace if they weather that storm they'll be within they'll be within a shout you know I think they will Dublin <laughs> what, what can we say about the dubs you know we, we expect a Cork to win the All-Ireland this year but Dublin to show their class in semi-final Nadine ah yeah look at um, I had tipped Cork from the very start yeah. put my hand up got it wrong um, in fairness to Bowen look he had them peaking at the right time yeah. um, absolutely you know without disrespect in other counties I think he um, he possibly just overlooked Leinster on purpose and possibly the the group game games to a point and you know that was the Dublin of the last couple of years that we saw against Cork their defence was so good I mean classic Mick Bowen defence it was just so well organised very hard to get through and Cork just had no answers you know you could see them going over and back Mm. and left and right across that D and Dublin just zapped the energy out of them and wore them down and then obviously their pace their intensity their athleticism going forward and then look when you have players 
like Sinead Goldrick playing out of her skin I feel all year she's probably been the most consistent for Dublin I thought Carla Rowe really really stood up in that semi-final um, is the best I've seen her play this year um, you have Siobhan McGrath who just seems to get fitter and younger every year Neve McAvoy as well Lindsay Davey two unsung heroes I think for Dublin when you have absolute quality like that with the defensive system I think it'll be very hard to beat um, you know the only thing is with goal we can look at it Sinead Heron. she's been really good this year but for me she probably hasn't been the Sinead Heron of the last five years and I think that could possibly maybe be down to injury now she's still scoring outrageous amounts of scores but, you know, Galway might, you know, look into that, that she's not in form, we could have a chance there. And I think Galway has to stay out of that physical tackle of Dublin's and mm. move the ball really, really quick um, in order to be within a chance. But look, I can't wait to see Dublin hopefully backing up that semi-final performance with another performance because they are really nice to watch, especially in Crow Park. You know, you've had previous All-Irelands and, you know, you know, previous great teams and it's not the nicest football to watch but in fairness to Dublin when they're on full you know full steam they're just incredible Michal unfortunately Mio were defeated by Galway in that semi-final that Nadine mentioned played against them plenty of times this year you know we've talked about them over the last couple of years in the final got to an All-Ireland final can they complete a Camogie football double? Yeah listen I give them a chance I give them a chance realistically if you were to play the final five times I'd say Dublin probably win four. But, like, you know, they have a chance. And, you know, they've been building and building underage. You know what I mean? They're, they're consistently winning Connacht. They're consistently getting to all the finals. I think they've won three under 16 all in a row. You know? So they are, they're producing players. And they produce, like, like Nadine said, a lot of natural footballers. They do produce some uh, lovely footballers. So they've definitely got a chance, you know? And, um I think Nicola Ward coming back is going to be close for them. Yeah. Back after the league. She's really solidified things there in defence, you know. Um, Louise Ward is playing very well in midfield, you know. I think Olivia Dively probably had her best game of the year in the semi final, um, you know. So, like, you know, they definitely have a chance then with Roshi Leonard up front and, you know, Sarah Keneally can score points. You know, they, they will need everything to go well on, on the day for them, but there's no reason why that can't happen, you know. Um, yeah. we definitely have the ability to do it but I just like, they're really they're really well organised I just wonder will they get enough scores so like they probably will need to get an 80% return maybe 90% return and just have one of those days where everything goes right for you you know I was going to say that Nadine mentioned Michal all those players that Dublin have and when you think of the squad and over the last couple of months especially in the league and then obviously the early rounds of the championship Mick Bowen has used his panel yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, they started off part of the league slowing up there. I was up at the Donegal game that night in Crow Park and they had a lot of new girls in. And, you know, he slowly has has, um, has built his team this mm. year, you know. I suppose losing Sinead Finnegan and Leah Caffrey, you know, they two big leaders in defence. And, um, like, Ava Rutledge has come in done well. Issa Kane has come in done well. I thought Rachel Ruddy would actually be back in the team, but she's not. It just shows the strength and depth that he has and the faith he has in these uh, these new girls and so you have Neve Collins and Marty Byrne at the back like they are you know real tough defenders and then Sinead Goldrick at centre half back kind of organising everything you know like they have a real solid backline and defend that to be with serious intensity and everybody knows their job and it, it's almost like a line in rugby where mm. nobody steps out of the line yeah. except for they in a D formation obviously and 
you know, like I, I um, again, you know, I, I, for me, Lindsay Davy was player of the year last year. I know Shayla Hearn was very good, but Dublin, Lindsay Davy was absolutely yeah. outstanding last she, year. She makes them tick, doesn't she, Michal? I think she's, yeah. she doesn't get enough praise. Like, she's absolutely unreal and has been consistently for 15 years, I'd say, at this stage. Yeah. 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 I think when she was younger, like, she was a real inside forward, a real yeah. forward. Yeah, yeah. She's completely changed her game now, and she gives so much for the team. You know, it, she, I think she epitomises like a team player. Like what she was doing last year, and like we played them in the in the group stage, and she was playing wing forward. And as soon as they lost the ball, she was dropping back yeah. as a wing back and allowing Finnegan or some other player to play as a sweeper. So yeah. she was she was putting in some amount of mileage um, on the GPS. And again, I know just another pick up on another player there is uh, Neve McAvoy. I mean, we yeah. always try and say, how are we going to stop me, McAvoy? I mean, just her her softness of her hands, her her, her vision, you know, yeah. her support intelligence. You know, she's, whether she's midfield, centre forward or full forward, I think she makes them tick, to be honest. Um, I, I think she's, I think she's, she's different class. She's, she, you know, she's a, a, um, probably their top forward at the minute. Yeah, and I think McBowen has got the best out of her because previous Dublin managers just seemed to think that Mackers was a midfielder and that was it. And because of her height, you know, and her physicality, that she was a midfielder. But she's really not. You know, I, I've seen Mackers maybe go hell for leather for the first 10 or 15 minutes, run out of steam, and then she's, she was nearly ineffective for the rest of the matches. Whereas now, he'll either have her in full forward for the whole match or he'll drop her to 11 and if she is in midfield it's only for spells you know she's not the yeah. midfielder so her I think her understanding of the game has really really improved under McBowen and been given that role as she is nearly their target forward like when you look at Dublin and the chips are down it's Mackers who's moved out around the middle or Mackers who's the target woman inside and she is who they look to you know up front Absolutely. yeah she really is um, I like I Sorry, because every every goal they get, if she doesn't give the assist, she yeah. keeps off in the move. You know, yeah, exactly. She is, she is the, the key player up front for me. Yeah, right yeah absolutely. Nadine, is there an area though that um, Tim Rabbit can look at? You know, maybe for Galway, as Michal said that you know Galway needs an eighty percent success rate, and you know you're just talking with Nia McAvoy, and you talk about Dublin and there's such versatility in their squad as well you know there's so many players that can just drop back into various positions but is there an area that Tim Rabbit can look at and try and expose um, I still think possibly that full back line um, you know they're, they're class players and they're, they're very physical they wouldn't be the tallest they're fast they're physical um, you know they don't have that Sinead Finnegan protecting that full back line yeah. this year Alwyn Carey has kind of taken over that role so that could be an area for Galway but you know no more than Neves and Tip in an in intermediate I think for Galway if they use the channels and if they try and widen that Dublin defence because I mean if they go they go in a recycling situation forget about it um, they have a decision to make I suppose with Tracy Leonard as well you know against Mayo they kind of dropped her out about the middle in spells and look if Galway do that against Dublin I'd be afraid for Galway that McBohan will put Sinead Goldrick on her and the last thing you want is Sinead Goldrick yeah. <laughs> around the midfield turning the ball over and going up the pitch um, I think look folks on Galway themselves 
maybe trying to attack the full back line look I'm not saying it's overly weak you're saying where are the weak points mm. I think it's not a weak point but it's maybe their weakest um, kick outs maybe Dublin have sorted them in the last couple of years but if you look back at you know big matches Dublin lost it was possibly on their own kick outs so maybe Galway could focus on that but to be honest it's very hard to find a, a weak link at the minute in that Dublin team especially after that Cork performance you know players maybe we questioned in the past yeah. past season they're all playing really well now yeah Nadine is right there Michal isn't she yeah listen I think the key will be I think it was mentioned already will be in the collective if they can move the ball before the tackle yeah yeah absolutely that'll involve everybody but on their game and maybe getting an overlap that way. Um, like, I think these things are actually, believe it or not, <laughs> I don't know if I should be saying this, are very familiar with each other. As if, because they were on the opposite side of the draw, they've played a good few challenges against each other this summer. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Challenge matches, we hope. <laughs> <laughs> I think they were pretty tight. But I think they yeah. uh, might have entered, but I think Dublin could be peaking now, maybe. Yeah, because yeah, you mentioned that, yeah. Yeah, and you look at, like, league the last couple of years, like, Galway have got results against Dublin. You know, they have. And, uh, you know, outside of Cork, you know, Galway probably are Dublin's bogey team in a way. So, Galway will, they will be confident. And, you know, as Michal said, if they play five times, Dublin will probably win four. And there's always that one day. And you could maybe say as well, you know, if Galway have every single player having the game of their lives and Dublin maybe not performing to their full potential then you know Galway could sneak it but it's just I feel it's just the pace of Dublin like Neil you probably look back at the two games and absolutely no disrespect to yourselves or Galway but looking at that Dublin match like the pace was an extra 25% than the first yeah. game uh, I don't think I think more so I think, it, I think it's the, the strength of Dublin the, yeah. the, the teamwork the they've done I think I think they're still 25% ahead in that regard definitely I think the rest of us are catching up uh, and we are catching up on Galway yeah. at the forefront of that. But I, I do think, like, those challenges aside, like you said, the league last year and everything, Galway won't fear Dublin. If, if Galway, if the Galway treat this like a, a league game down in Galway or a challenge game, be it wherever, you know, and don't let the occasion infiltrate their minds at all, like, Galway have a chance. Um, if that you, uh, again, it was mentioned earlier, Dublin will go for the first 15 minutes that's their style they'll try and get uh, two goals the first 15 minutes they, they like to, to play from the, the front you know but it'll be interesting to see like if Noel Healy starts um, yeah I, yeah you know, like do you start her and how much I know she's a, she's a doctor down in Cork and I don't know how much training she's been able to do or whatever but like does he start her or does he try and bring her on like that would be a big call too and that could, I mean if he starts her and has to take her off uh, yeah, uh, you know, that's a big, uh, big boost to Galway. Or, uh, yeah, you know, so it'd be interesting to see that because I, I, I do think Galway have a chance, but it, it, you know, Dublin are a step ahead of the rest. You know, yeah, in terms of physique, just in terms of their, you know, they're so well organised. Even in, in attack, obviously defence stands out, but even in attack, they know each other's runs and they know what angle they're coming at. And, you know, it, it's so well drilled, and it, it, you know, it's, it's it's great to watch. To be honest, it's, it's nearly that. it's nearly like basketball at times. It you is. Know, it's, yeah, it it's is. nearly yeah. like set plays, and you can see girls, and especially the likes of Lindsay Davy, Carla Rowe. You can just see them whether Dublin win a possession or lose a possession. 
you can see players like that going to where they should be. But just here mentioning Noel Healy, Noel Healy, yeah, like it was a big enough call not to start it. But if you look at Noel's performances in the few games leading up to that, it was absolutely the right call. I felt, so, yeah. you know, it was, and and he made the call, and I think it was the correct call. More so considering the impact Noel had than Neve Heatherton's performance, if, if that makes sense. So, as you said, like Michal, does he not start her again and she's your impact sub? Or do you start her and then maybe bring on Heatherton or Una White? And look, you have Quave O'Connor there as well, who was, she got yeah. a super goal, changed the game. So, you know, those kind of, those players who we questioned, I suppose, at the start of the year, you know, were they good enough for Dublin? Those three we've mentioned, I suppose they've proved that they are. So it'll be interesting to see what team he lines out with. I can't wait as well to see what matchups. Um, yeah. Well, I always love. I love the first ten minutes seeing who's picking up to who. Um, I don't know. I think I could see maybe Neve Collins and Sinead Goldrick taking up the two Leonards, um, and maybe Sinead Burke taking up Sinead Ahern. Um So I can't yeah. wait to see that to see what what happens. I think Burke and Ahern is an obvious one. I think that one. Yeah. yeah I'd say that one definitely. Like there is a two ways to look at the Noel situation. I mean, she's a former footballer of the year. She's a big match player. Do you get her on there and put your face in her, or do you keep her as the ace yes, up your sleeve? Do you know? Yeah, yeah. Mick Bowen, you look at the panel of players. The key's got players that can come off the bench and make an impact. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like that. I suppose. In fairness to Mick, I suppose he used the league this year to, to give that extra game time into his players. The likes of Jennifer Dunn, I've been impressed with. Um, yeah. You know. And she didn't get much time in the semi-final. I was a bit surprised at it, but every time I've seen her, she's improved with every game, you know. And I know Mick likes her, so she, she'll have to be on at some stage as well. And, um, you know, Cueva O'Connor, you know, Dublin have options, but, um, you know, God, God, we have a few as well. Probably more so in defence, maybe, if things weren't going wrong. It was depending on who they start, of course, but, um, you know, they, they still have, um, you know, they still have a decent bench as well. You know, a lot of those underage girls who we wouldn't be familiar necess- familiar with necessarily, but they're probably kids who have won, you know, numerous provincials, numerous All-Ireland. So just because we don't know their names as such doesn't mean that they're they're not, you know, able to come in and make an impact. And what better day to do it, huh? Yeah, imagine. <laughs> Dean, do you think Mick or Tim will surprise us with something on Sunday? Um... No, I I doubt it very much. I think the biggest talking point, perhaps, is Noel Healy, which we've covered. Um, obviously, for Nicole Owen, she's she's out. Um, but, you know, it was interesting to see that she didn't start at that game. I mean, it it looks really bad. I don't. I expect Dublin to line up as is mm. with the Noel tossed in. Um, Galway, you know, Michal will probably be more familiar with them and, it, you know, he might know but I can't imagine aside from possibly injuries yeah. that there'll be, there'll be many changes. Now, the sub who came on from, for Galway against Mayo, I, I can't remember her name, but Michal and she scored. I think, did she get a point or two? Um, she did really well. So, you know, maybe she'll be, be in for a shout but, no, I, I don't think I don't think All-Ireland Final Day really is a day for surprises. Um, unless you're Jim Gavin and you have 35 players exactly Michal do you feel yeah I think Lucy Hannan's the girl who came on and scored that that's right, the point right yeah, yeah. Um, again no I, I don't I don't I, I mean I, I think both teams will, will pretty much go as we'd expect I don't see any late changes uh, or you know 
again, just not to repeat, but Noel one will be the only one I think kind of can ask for. And it could be more positional, really. Yeah. McAvoy is up for top. Will she start full forward or where will she start? Uh, like, will Tracy stay in where she's been staying in all summer or will they get her out to get on ball early, Tracy Leonard? You know, I'd say be more positional and yeah. rather than something being sprung from the bench. Um, um, you know, in the, in the team six for the game, Jennifer Dunn is one I do feel could could come up, could be on earlier, could start, but uh, it'd be a big call to make. But uh, she, she's a she's a quality player. Yeah, and Michal, in terms of um, Tracy Leonard coming out around the middle, did did you kind of expect that, or like did you have a plan for it? Has she done that in in other matches? Yeah, well, of course we uh, we for, we played them in the drawn game in yeah. March. Played eleven most of the game, and then the replay she kind of played inside. Um, yeah, we just our plan was just that Danielle Caldwell was taking her up and she's going to follow her. Yeah, yeah. We're going to do a little job on her, really, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think I think that's probably um, with, a, with a player like her Noel there a couple of years ago, or or go to the Ashley Maloney. I think you have to have somebody earmarked a couple yeah. of weeks. Ago. And get their psyche, and get them to be really up for it, you know, and get them to study the video analysis. And because if the, if the players are moving between full forward and half forward, or even midfield, it takes a lot of communication on the pitch. And like with bodies going everywhere, I think you have to have designated man markers, unless there's a break in play, and then you can source something, yeah. you know. Yeah. As you said, Nadine, it's it's the matchups, and it's something that I think all of us will be looking forward to seeing. Not only is it a big day for the players, but also the referees and uh, match officials. I'll just go through uh, who got um, what games. Brendan Rice got the senior, Jonathan Murphy the intermediate, and Kevin Phelan the junior. Nadine, we've been constructive in our criticism. We've given them praise. We've we've talked about them. It's a big day for them. And are you hoping that we don't have to talk about some strange decisions after the game? So we'd have nothing else to talk about if that <laughs> <laughs> um, I know, look, you hope for the referees themselves that things go well for them and that they see what they have to see and they aren't left with any massive decisions that might have a huge impact on, on you know, the winners or losers of the match. Um, ah, look, you, you can't predict these things, but, you know, the day that's in it, obviously you're going to have the best umpires you can have, your, you know, top-line people, um and they're going to want to put in the best performance they possibly can. And look, at the end of the day, we're referees. I know we are critical of them at times, but no more than players or managers. The majority of referees actually go out there to ref a game as best they can. And, and oftentimes, you know, we would we would feel that it isn't the, the best, but it is their best most of the time. So, you know, you'd wish them luck and hope it goes well. That's that's all you can say for them, really. That's exactly it. it it's a huge day for them because all eyes are going to be on them, Michal. Yeah, I, think, I have to say, I do think it's not the... To show favouritism, but I do think Brendan Rice deserves it. I think he is the best referee in the country at the minute for the senior game. And I hope I'm not putting the mockers on him. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, hope, I hope it is a good game to watch. But like, like the team said, they, they'll all be going out to do the best they can. They don't want to ruin or put their. They don't want to be the forefront of the showpiece this game, ladies football. You know, so um, I think Brendan will, will do a good job in the senior game. Jonathan Murphy in the intermediate game, we had him. Um, in was it the Dunny Gall game in the group? Uh, yeah, very. Oh, game. I forget now, but I remember thinking he was a good referee. He let a bit go, 
But I'd rather that than blowing the referee. I'm the same, yeah. But listen, they'll, they'll be in the spotlight, but they won't want to be in the spotlight. But it's going to be a day where we see in the hurling fight with the Richie Hogan challenge. If a decision is there to be made, though, they have to make it, you know? But it's the same with David Goff in the men's game, you know? And I have to say, from a neutral watching it, I thought David Goff was absolutely brilliant in the final because so much was ma- was made of him before the game. Nadine, over 50,000 at last year's finals. Will the ladies break another record on Sunday, do you think so? Uh, you'd really hope so. To be honest, I don't see why not. Um, as Michal, you know, spoke about earlier, the amount of press all year that the LGFA have generated um, the 2020 campaign has definitely definitely helped women's sport across the country I mean I think the camogie yesterday that was one of the biggest crowds yeah. in a long time which was brilliant actually it was a record to broke us yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's always a good indicator for the football then um, like you know listening to things on the radio and looking at you know social media and reading papers I mean the men's final hasn't really overshadowed the ladies no. Fear was that it would, but I think it's great that it is a Dublin double header. Um, I think that has definitely gone in in our favour in terms of the LGFA. But yeah, look, I fully expect them to get it. The fact that the semi finals were in Crow Park as well, roaring success. Those people are all going to go back and more. And I think a massive thing on Ladies All Ireland Final Weekend is the sevens that they run out. Yes. It's brilliant. It draws a massive crowd. Those people all stay up. Um, you have, I have to shout out to my fellow teachers. You have incredible teachers from around the country, club people, um, who fill busloads of kids, encourage parents to come down. And I think a massive amount of credit has to go to them because, you know, they're giving up their Sunday to bring up the local kids. Um, and it's, it's brilliant. So yeah, look. They, as you say, they're going to put on a spectacle as per usual and I'm really, really looking forward to it and I'm delighted for them because they've run so much in the last couple yeah. of years and as Michal said earlier, like the association has just gone from strength to strength and I always credit TJ Cahar for getting the ball rolling all those years ago when nobody else wanted to, to look near ladies football and they took us on and they've catapulted the association far and beyond what we could have imagined. You know, I look back to 03 as I said when I was playing in the Junior All-Ireland God, I'd say if there were 25 people there we would have been lucky and now you know you're looking at 50 it odd is, so yeah. it's, it's incredible it really is well just looking at the weather it seems to be good for Sunday Michal when you look at the price of the tickets 25 euro for an adult ticket student senior and under 16 10 euro for what is going to be three fantastic games of football I was looking at the camogie yesterday and the camera over in the queues like I know a lot of people were kind of complaining about that but it was lovely to see it over in the queues like, and it honing in on the Hogan stand and a crowd there and it was great to see Ah, yeah, listen, for 25 euro, like, <laughs> 25 euro wouldn't buy you much nowadays. No. You know, <laughs> it's, uh, that's a huge day out, like, it, and, and like that, little bit of the children's prices as well. I mean, you know, not in the games of GDA or anything, but the way the men's game has gone, it's hard to bring families to big games. Yes. Now. You know, but you can bring families to these ladies' games, all Ireland final days, you know, and there's counties there that, that don't get there on men's days now, because dominance of your Dublin, Mayo, Kerry, who at Tyrone, you know, so you have smaller counties there now, you get their day out in Crow Park, and you get families from these counties to go up, and bus loads from the schools and from the clubs, and you know, it, 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 it's very well marketed, you know, TG Carr, you know, Lidl, the 2020 campaign, you know, everybody's working together, you know, it's everywhere you see, there's billboards up, you know, there's, there's, there's um, it's all over social media. You know, I really hope to break the record. It'll be a big ad. You know, 50,000 is a lot of people. 
I think they should. I think they could. Sorry, but it will be it will be tough going. Like it's a big crowd to get in, but it, it's a huge it's a huge thing because you get the upper tier opened as well. Like and it, 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 it's a brilliant spectacle. Yeah, and I think geographically, maybe what's going for them are the Leinster teams. Like it's not a huge distance for Laos or Mees and obviously Dublin. So you know, I think that that will go. Possibly in their favour, you'd, you'd hope. Anyway. And then apart from the double, like it's Dublin and Kerry in the men's final, so you're not going to have anyone from Kerry kind of saying, "Oh gosh, the, the hassle of staying yeah, over, yeah. getting getting the hotel." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said the sevens. I know there's a club from Longford going up to it again. You know, everyone's kind of looking forward to that, That's and it's a brilliant, brilliant thing. Yeah, brilliant. isn't this? Yeah, brilliantly run, superbly run. It's a great day, and some brilliant football, like absolutely brilliant football on the Saturday. Super. Well, unfortunately, we're not talking about Donegal playing Mayo in an All Ireland final. We would have loved that, uh, guys. Listen, I really can't wait for Sunday. As I said, three fantastic games: Louth and Fermanagh in the junior. Then we have Meath and Tipperary in the intermediate, and then the senior is Galway and Dublin. Listen, thank you to our guests, our regular pundit Nadine Doherty, and Mayo selector Michal Reynolds. Listen, guys. All to play for on Sunday and made the best teams win. Absolutely. Yeah, well said. Thanks, Nate.